Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. On this week's episode of Pop Culture Weekly, I talk to Scott Hoying of Pentatonics about his brand new solo single, Mars. Then I talk once again with M. Night Shyamalan and the cast of Servant at the live premiere of season four. Let's go. Welcome to Pop Culture Weekly with Kyle McMahon from iHeartRadio. Your pop culture news, views, reviews, and celebrity interviews on all the movies, TV, music, and pop culture you crave weekly. Here's Kyle McMahon. Hello, and welcome to Pop Culture Weekly with Kyle McMahon. I, of course, am Kyle McMahon, and I am so glad that you are here hanging out with me for the next little bit and uh, talking and doing and living pop culture. So last week, you know, my favorite show in the world, Servant, um, I interviewed the cast. I interviewed M. Night Shyamalan, who, of course, is the executive producer, and uh, Lauren Ambrose, and Toby Kebbell, and Nell Tiger-Free. It was all about Servant. And uh, Servant is on its fourth and final season. The first episode has debuted now. And if you've watched it, you saw how good was that episode. So, you know, the series almost always takes place exclusively in the Turner's house, which is on Spruce Street in Philadelphia. And uh, this episode pretty much all took place in front of the Turner's house, particularly in the car. And that car, like, it's just such... An incredible show that never manages me, manages me, never manages to keep me on my feet, to keep me being in shock as those credits roll. And it's just so well written, so well acted, so well produced. Just everybody on that team is so incredible, so talented, and I love them for it. So today, I told you last week that in this week's episode, we are going to talk to the cast live from the premiere in New York City. So I talk once again with M. Night Shyamalan uh, and Rupert Grint. I talk to Uncle George, Boris McGiver, love him. Of course, Nell Tiger Free, Matilda DeHay, who plays Snake. Oh, and I know... You haven't met them yet, but two of my favorite uh, characters in the show, Bobby and Bev. I I love these characters. You will meet them in episode three. Oh, my God. I just immediately fell in love with them. They're crazy. They're zany. They're cool. And there's something strange going on with them. But in any event, I talk with Bobby, Barbara Kingsley, all about her role as Bobby in um in servant and over the next few weeks you know maybe we'll have some special guests that will you know pop up from servant i guess i just gave away the spoiler but you never know could happen um also on today's episode i talk with scott hoying who has been on the show before with pentatonics but this time he is solo 
releasing his first major solo single called Mars, which is amazing. Love, love, love this song. And there's two new versions that just came out, a choir version and an acoustic version. And I am in love with the song. So let's start out with Scott. And um, if for some reason you have like been under a rock, Scott is the, uh, I guess, lead singer of Pentatonix. Um, I guess there really isn't a lead singer. I don't know. But Scott is, you know, in Pentatonix, one of the founding members. And if for, again, for some reason you live under a rock, they are essentially an acapella group from Arlington, uh, Texas. And they do like pop style arrangements with harmonies and riffing and beatboxing. And they do some cover versions of modern pop songs and Christmas songs, sometimes medleys. They're just awesome. They essentially formed in 2011 and then won the third season of The Sing-Off on NBC and then signed with Sony and blew up. I mean, they're really, really, really amazing. Their YouTube channel has over 23 million subscribers and 6 billion with the B views, 6 billion views. That's insane. Their latest album is their sixth Christmas album, Holidays Around the World, and the single uh, released from that is called Prayers for This World. And Holidays Around the World, if, you know, you, you caught the hint in the title, uh, has songs from different cultures that are sung, sung during the holiday season and some new versions of some songs they've previously released, plus three new originals, Kid on Christmas with Megan Trainer and uh, Star on Top, as well as Prayers for This World. And they'll be going on tour in 2023. That's this year. So uh, lots of good stuff from them. Now, by the way, they have won three different Grammy Awards, three different Grammy Awards, and they're up for another Grammy for Best Traditional Pop Vocal Album at this year's Grammys for their album Evergreen. So love, love, love pentatonics and love scott hoying who i'm talking with today he is the baritone of pentatonics he is also an incredible songwriter and musician and he has released his first big solo single called mars mars it's like this epic song i absolutely love it so mars is out now like i said there's two additional versions that he released just a few days ago so let's get in to my conversation with the one and only Scott Hoying. So, First of all, thank you so much, Scott, for joining me once again on iHeartRadio's Pop Culture Weekly. I appreciate it. Of course. Hello. Thanks for having me. This is so cool. I've never done like a solo press day before. Yeah, it's exciting for you, I'm sure. Yeah, it's very exciting. It's like just wild. I've been wanting to do this for years, but I've always been so scared. So this is so thanks for having me. Of course. You you deserve it. And uh, we're talking about... Uh, Mars, the single, which is incredible, by the way. Thank Kudos you. for that. Um, tell me, what is it like for you? You know, you've been with Pentatonix, obviously, for, you know, a very long time. Um, 
and now, as you said, you're you're you know just branching out on your own. Um, are you terrified? Uh, I mean, partially. Fortunately, I do think I'm in the headspace where I feel like I have the confidence, and I I, I feel good about putting it out and I can go to sleep proud of it. I'm not putting too much pressure on it, but, I, but there is a little bit of fear. I mean, that's what held me back for years was just this fear that if I did something solo, everyone would hate it. And I would, I would develop this complex that I'm not interesting on my own without like my bandmates. And so it's cool to see the response to it. And it's something I'm very proud of. And it's done more for me than just being able to put out music. It's just been a therapeutic, beautiful process of being able to be vulnerable and share my story and, and make art. And and I love that for you. And uh, and the single Mars is absolutely insanely good. Uh, tell me about it. What where did the song come from and, and how did we get to listen to it today? So the song came from, well, during the pandemic, I like learned how to use Pro Tools because I had to record remotely for Pentatonic stuff. And I became obsessed with Pro Tools and producing and writing. So I've started writing a song pretty much every day for the last year. And that's when I really started to be like, I need to do a solo project because a lot of the songs are very personal stories. They wouldn't have totally fit with pentatonics. And I just like was working my creative muscle and was feeling really confident in them. And probably like 80 songs into that writing a day thing, I wrote Mars. And I was like, oh, man, this feels... Like it could be special, but let me play it for Mark. And Mark was like, this is your best one by far. I love it. He was like crying. And um, and that kind of started the process of talking to labels and figuring out what a solo project would look like. And right around the same time, I was arranging stuff for Megan Trainer's new album. And she put me as a feature on one of the songs. And so it all felt like all the planets, no pun intended, were aligning. I I I love that, and uh, and again, I love that for you, and I love it obviously as um, somebody who loves your work. What, for you, um, you know, it's got to be uh, freeing in a lot of ways, and in the fact that you know this is you. You know, this is Scott and um, and there is no, you know, none of your bandmates to answer a question that, you know, uh, that you might not have wanted to or whatever. It's it's Scott. Um, Is that freeing in a lot of ways, too, as as much as it might be a little bit scary? Is that freeing, too? It's both. It's very freeing in that, like. We don't have to, we usually have to unanimously agree on something creatively. And so that's obviously going to be a process and it works and, and I love it. But like, also there's just like a lot of voices and so stuff takes longer. Um, but when, whenever you're doing solo stuff, it's like you can run through 20 ideas, the speed of light, like it's in like really just like make decisions and move on. And so there's a little bit of like a, a flow that happens, which I think can contribute to making the most authentic art. It's just like moving at a brisk not overthinking at speed um, but at the same time i do i am hit or miss with ideas sometimes sometimes i have a really good idea sometimes i have a not so good idea and i don't have an, other voices or bandmates mm-hmm. to like be brought back down to earth if i have like some crazy idea that's not working so um so it feels riskier and it's scarier in that way well, you know, I think, in my opinion, it is uh, very much so paid off. So, um, you know, congratulations. And I really do mean that. Congratulations for taking that jump, uh, you know, because um, of everything that that you're saying. And, uh, you know, we get an amazing track like Mars. Um, so is this more of like a, a Stevie Nicks thing where you're doing Scott 
but you're also you're not abandoning pentatonics. Um, you're just doing Scott for right now. Yeah, exactly. I um, I pentatonics is still really busy. We got a whole world tour next year and an album and stuff, and I'm fully just as dedicated. Um, and I love the the landscape of the music industry now. Like Bruno Mars can be Bruno Mars and also do Silk Sonic and Anderson Pack can do it. And like it's just. Now that things are so efficient, if I have a song idea and I can write it in two seconds with like this setup in my hotel in New York and like have the song in a few hours. And so it's honestly not as exhausting as you would think. Um, but there are moments where I'm like have conflicting things, but it's no, it, it, it's definitely manageable. And I will also say that like doing solo stuff and writing so much and like living this dream of mine has made me a better bandmate just mm -hmm. mentally and creatively and musically for pentatonics. Uh, Cause I've done so much arranging for the solo stuff I'm doing that like our uh, ar arrangement for the national anthem we just did at the college football game, got all this love. And I feel like I was able to make that arrangement as good as it was uh, because of all the stuff I've been doing solo. So I think it's helping. Awesome. And for Mars, uh, you know, it is so, um, unique you know when i uh first heard of the project i don't know what i expected but it was not mars and i'm glad uh that it you know uh went way beyond my expectations but i was expecting i don't know um i don't know what i was expecting but mars is so deeply rich and layered in not just um you know in a lyrical way uh but but musically as well is that part of i mean obviously it's part of you but is that was that intentional with this song or is it just the way it came out it's kind of just the way it naturally came out so i you know i at the beginning of the year when i started writing every day i really did not let myself just have too much of a vision at first because I wanted to see where I naturally went because I can tend to like really try to calculate things. And I just some I wrote like silly, dumb, goofy songs, more R&B type stuff. I wrote country sounding stuff. And I just like I kept coming back to kind of this like epic. Epic was like the main word that kind of was this through line. I love choirs and orchestral and I want it to be big and anthemic. Um and Mars just like, I feel like was a song that I just loved and kept coming back to and I couldn't stop listening to it. And it seemed to be the close people in my lives favorites. And that's just what it turned into. But I, I, I never really at the very beginning intended for that to be the sound. No, I love it. And for for you, when you uh, went to do the song, was this just you in a in a hotel room or, or whatever, you know, um, just you kind of uh, writing and, and playing it out and seeing what happens? Yeah, I was at my house in L.A. and I uh, just went downstairs and wrote it at piano and like finished the song. And then I brought it to a producer that I love very much named John Levine. And he loved the song and he kind of helped me shape it. And we added a bridge and then he produced, he started actually playing the one piano note at the beginning. And it was like, I, I'm hearing this kind of like cold play, slow build thing. And I'm obsessed with that idea. And I was like, that is so perfect. And we just kind of built it out over a couple sessions together. And it was really emotional. It was just so cool to see something come to life from nothing. Um, it, it was it was a powerful moment. 
I'm sure, you know, and especially to come from uh, from a blank page, literally to this huge epic, like you said, anthem ish Coldplay song. That is so yeah. I mean, so beautiful. The the vocals, just everything about it is absolutely beautiful. I'm obsessed with it. Yeah, thank you. That makes me so happy. Thank you. Of course, thank you for giving it to us. And um, when when you're doing uh, any kind of music, do you uh, do you kind of like for when you were writing, for instance, a song a day? Was this you know some of this might go towards pentatonic, some of it might be for me, or was this a I'm just going to write for Scott? And um, and it is, you know, it is what it is. And I'll see what I like at the end or whatever. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I mean, it changes every day. I'll like have an idea for this like unhinged song that I could never write myself or could be for Pentatonics, but I'll just write it anyways, um, just to kind of like work that side of my brain. And some stuff like if it gets really personal and vulnerable, I'll know it's more for me. And then if it's like a more general like kind of message that I feel like five people could relate to in the band. I'll, I'll be like, maybe this is good for pentatonics. But then also I've written stuff that have inspired me to like put in a musical or something. So it's more just like the action of writing and being creative and just getting stuff on paper. I love it. And this interview is all my interviews. I never script my interviews because I like talking, you know, conversations yeah. better. Part of the problem with that is my ADD, <clears throat> my ADD, like bounces back and forth to, you know, so I'm like here oh. and there. But <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm the same way. Oh, awesome. OK. Um, for for uh, Mars, you just released two additional versions of the song, which one is a choir version. And they're, they're all they're both so different. Um, one is the choir version which I absolutely love. Um, and the other is the acoustic version, which I also love. But I've been particularly obsessed um, today with the choir version. Uh, was that part of um, what you envisioned from the start? You were like, hmm, I love this song the way it is, but I think it would be cool to kind of do a version like this. Or how did that come about for you? Yeah, I I did intend on doing like a choir version of it from the start. And I feel like I want to do that for a couple of the songs on this project, whatever it ends up being. And like, I, you know, the idea actually stemmed from this behind the scenes video I saw of Hugh Jackman singing with a bunch of incredible singers for like uh, the Greatest Showman rehearsal. Mm. You watch it. And they're singing from now on and they're rehearsing it. And it's so loud in the room. And I just remember thinking I would pay absorbent amounts of money to be in that room, just like soaking up that visceral energy. And it was so it was so cool to see. And so I really wanted to do that for Mars, just get some of like the best singers in L.A. and just belts. And like it, it just is a very human, intense experience. And it was so fun to do. It was amazing. And the singers were so nice. They were also part of a group called Soka Vocals, which got me into acapella. So it felt kismet. Oh, wow. And uh, and it was an excuse to release another version of the song. And, you know, as you were recording that that particular version, were you, did you ever kind of just step back and be like, holy shit, this is my <laughs> song that I wrote, uh, you know, and here are all these amazing singers, you know, doing choir vocals on my song. Yes, I, I had a lot of those moments. I was very teary eyed multiple times. I also was like, not in an insecure way, but kind of like shy because it like meant so much to me and I was kind of emotional. So I just remember talking to the choir and being like, thank you for being a part of this like 
it's a really emotional experience for me and I'm just so happy to be here. I was like, also like very humbled <laughs> by the whole experience. And it was just, it was exciting. It felt really fresh and like a new, like a new chapter and a new world had opened up for me. That's cool. And, you know, it really does the version, both, both of the, uh, uh, the new, I don't want to say new versions cause the song is new, the but life. exactly, uh, are, um, are so beautiful and, and give just a different dimension to an already beautiful song. So, um, the, uh, finally, um, cause I know you have a whole junket today, uh, where can we expect is you know can we expect mars on an upcoming album are you just kind of playing it by ear right now you know what are you thinking so you know i don't know for sure the dream is to do an album or an ep i'm not sure on the timeline but all of it's being talked about and it'll definitely be this year and i just have so many songs i want to put out if it was like if i had it completely my way i would have a video and a song out every week just so i've written so much and there's so much i'm proud of so it'll be coming soon Awesome. Um, but there's some good songs on there. I'm pumped. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Scott. I can't wait uh, to see, you know, what continues to come of um, this other aspect of you artistically and go stream Mars. Yes. Thank you so much for saying that. And thanks for having me. Of course. I like words about Mars, too. I appreciate that. Of course. Thank you. And uh, for the next project, come on back. Yes, I'll be here. All right. Thank you, Scott. Good to see you. You as well. Bye. Hi. Scott's amazing, isn't he? His single Mars is out right now on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you listen to your music. So, hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Next up, let's get in to the second round of interviews on my favorite show ever for season four. And it's the final season, which I'm so bummed about, but I'm also happy knowing that they went out the way they wanted to, knowing that they had 40 chapters of this story to tell, and then it was going to be done. You know, I credit M. Knight for doing that on such a successful show. So many great shows end up kind of sullying their legacy by going on far too long. M. Knight knew what story he wanted to tell with these characters, knew how long it was going to take, and he did it. So kudos to him. One of my favorite directors ever. Let's talk to Uncle George, Boris McGiver. 
Hi, Boris. How are you? First of all, thank you so much for speaking with me. One of my favorite shows ever. And uh, how has it been for you? The entire ride has been crazy as Uncle George. As a viewer, has it been as fun to play him as it is for us to watch him? Yes. No question. Absolutely. I, it's, I was saying earlier, this is the most fun I've had with a character in 30 years. Wow. And I've been doing it for 30, 31 years. Yeah. It's so much fun. It's just, it's the wackiest, as you know, weirdest. I mean, the direction I got at like my audition five years ago from Night was, I can't even tell you, but it was, it was three-pronged that had nothing to do with each other. Like you're a spiritual guy, you're, you're borrowing a cadaver, or you're head of a cult, or you're a mass killer. I'm like, so go with that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> So it's been a total blast, total blast. And now that it's over, I mean, you know, you guys wrapped in December-ish, and, you know, you were in that, that stu his studio and for so long. What was What is it like now that, you know, you can look back knowing that that character story has been told? I, I'm quite proud of it, just to be involved, and I'm honored. That was, that was really cool. You know, I've done a, a, a few series over the years, uh, and this is just another one I'm so happy to have been involved with. Really, it's because I had so much fun, and it's pretty cool. And a lot of people like it, which is great. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's one of my top three favorite shows. I absolutely love it. I actually went to the sale. You know, they they sold off a bunch of the stuff. Yeah. I know that if I didn't live. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And uh, I just got a couple of, and they ended up giving me some cool props and stuff, which I you know, was so thankful for. But yeah, it's just one of those shows that it's just an edge of your seat, and it's so, the, the world is built so incredibly, so well-written, fleshed out. It's just, it's awesome. It's just so much fun yeah. to watch, you know? Yeah, everyone just kind of plunged in and just said, yeah, they said dive. And like, is it deep enough? <laughs> sure. Okay, here we go. Right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Boris. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, pleasure. Thanks much. Thank you. Boris, of course, was Monsignor Matthew Kurecki in Evil. Love that show, too. He was also Tom Hammerschmidt in 30 episodes of House of Cards. Great actor. Love him as Uncle George. So creepy as Uncle George. And, uh, all right. Next up... On the servant red carpet is Snake herself, Matilda Day. How are you? Good, good, and you? I'm doing well, thank you. What was it like to play Snake for you, uh, you know, in this incredible series? Huge blessing, huge blessing. Uh, I changed a lot of my life, personally too, because it brought Kundalini Yoga to my life. Uh, you know, the snake, the snake arising, this, you know, the spine literally happened, one thing led to the other, which really freed me up in many ways in my personal life, in my life as an actor. Yeah. I saw the first few episodes of season four, and I'm like dying, because now I gotta wait, like what, another month to get, to get the next episode, you know? Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. So this is your premiere too, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, oh my God, it's, love that. Yeah, exactly. So what was it like for you to, you know, this, you came in in season four, um, absolutely, incredibly tight, well-written show. What was it like for you to come in and, and, you know, kind of do your thing in the, in the final season? 
a lot of things, but at first I did have that intruder, you know, type of, am I really here? Do I, you know, can I do what I need to do? But then the art, the passion takes over, and especially in a team like this, where people are so supportive, so talented, so open-minded, it makes it just a blessing. It's a true blessing. So, yeah. yeah. What's next for you? Maybe you know better than me that, too. I don't know yet, you know, I'm auditioning maybe my manager, she's somewhere around. I cannot say. That's that's what. Yeah, Yeah, no matter what, it's great things. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Matilda, her character Snake is so interesting because so far in the series, as you'll see, um, it's like I like her, but I also don't because I'm not exactly sure which side she's on, the good side or the bad side. So uh, we shall see as we continue the series coming to a conclusion by epi- at episode 10. Next up, director and writer, filmmaker, and M. Night's M. Night Shyamalan's daughter, Ishana Shyamalan. So, first of all, I love the show. One of my favorites ever. I love the first few episodes of season four. I can't wait to see the rest of it. How, for you, was it, what was it like to be able to be a part of this world that's such a well-built, well-written series? Absolutely. I mean, I think coming in with material that's that good and kind of a high concept that that's that's that good really inspires you as a creative to meet those standards um, and keep pushing the box kind of creatively so I mean this is the dream situation I think as both a writer and director um, because you get to come in and really just sort of imagine anything um, and many many wonderful colors to play with so yeah and for you did this give you more of a bug to create you know as a as a director writer producer is it are you like on fire now oh absolutely I think I think when you find that thing that feels like your passion you know it immediately and that's definitely how I felt being on the show it was just sort of felt like where I needed to be so um, yeah and and getting to hone my skills on this set and sort of become a more muscular writer director I now feel like I can enter the kind of film world feeling good so <laughs> do you have an interest in the types of projects that your father Knight is known for those you know which I'm obsessed with those like kind of interesting sometimes weird sometimes creepy worlds is that kind of like a thing you like to absolutely I mean I think yeah I think I don't know if it's a choice or not but I feel I was born into this life where that material is just the most interesting to me and I have a dark side as well so I'm very excited to kind of begin putting that into the the film sphere yeah awesome and is there can we expect or you have any plans for your next project or yes, yes I'm in the process of prepping my first feature um, so that should be happening very very soon <laughs> yes <laughs> thank you it's a pleasure to meet you yeah Shana Shamalan love her she is so talented and I am so excited to see her continue growing in her career see what she does next it's really awesome that she has actually directed and written my favorite episode so far, which is episode three called Seance, which will come out next week uh, with 
Bev and Bobby, as I've been talking about for weeks. Um, so I think it's interesting that she wrote and directed that episode. It's my favorite one so far. And that is all because of Ishana. So we'll be hearing a lot from Ishana Shyamalan coming in time. I am really, really sure of that. Next up, Bobby, who you haven't yet met, but you will in next week's episode, episode three, titled Seance. Well, I guess it's season four, episode three, titled Seance. And she plays half of the pair, Bev and Bobby, who you are going to love, I think, just as much as I do. So here she is, stage and screen actor, Barbara Kingsley. My favorite part about season four so far, I've watched the first three, four episodes, is Bev and Bobby. I absolutely love them. And uh, how was it for you? Because you, you ladies just kind of came in. You're like a whirlwind in the in the series. Um, how much fun was that for you to, to kind of do this? Just It was just crazy fun. We had never met. Um, I knew Denny's work. But, uh, you know, if you look up my resume or my bio, it's no secret that I spent 35 years in Minnesota honing the craft of stage. And so, um, as a result, uh, I learned a lot from Denny. Plus, she's just, we're very different as human beings, so very different. But she has this sense of, of whimsy about her, and then she'll just do laser focus. Um, and so whenever we were working, we, we, I don't, I'll, we'll find out, you know, how much you see the two of us interacting with each other. But it was always, we were always this, this duo that, that fed off each other, which was so cool. Yeah, and it's interesting that you came, you know, from the stage because um, Servant is very much, for me, almost like a play that all kind of takes place mostly in this house. And, uh, you know, it's very tight writing that house so badly you know and I wandered around going oh my mom has that you know oh wow it is I wanted I wanted to go there and live and I thought that karma would be a little weird yeah. kind of yeah it very much so so I gotta tell you I went to the sale of the um, y- yes and I got a couple of things from Bev and Bobby's apartment which I thought was amazing yeah uh, Oh my God, it's so cool. Yeah, it really was really cool. Yeah. I kind of wanted to go, but I was afraid it'd make me really sad. And then I'd be like, oh. Can I even afford to buy that ashtray? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had some awesome. You know, it was it was amazing, and they had basically Bev and Bobby's apartment just kind of still set up. You know, it was it was awesome. So, so I can't wait to see what happens with Bev and Bobby in the rest of season four. Thank you so much for speaking with me. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Be well. Thank you. You too. Barbara Kingsley as Bobby. Love, 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 love her. Next up, the servant herself, Nell Tiger Free. Hey, good speaking with you again. Good, how are you? 
What is it? Have you seen the first few of season four yet, or is this going to be your first? It's going to be the first time I see it. It's going to be, yeah, with all these beautiful people, it's going to be my first time. So I'm excited. Yeah, and it's, I, you know, it's one of my favorite shows ever. I've said that before. And I um, love your arc and how you have changed, you know, your character. Do you feel that as an actor that has happened for you too over the four seasons? Yeah, definitely. I don't think I would have been able to go on and do the project I did after Servant without Servant. I don't think that I would have been able to um, have the confidence to go and make a feature if I didn't do this show. It's kind of been the most amazing learners. I didn't go to school for acting and so I just, um, this has been that for me. And the directors and, and Knight and my beautiful classmates who I love so much. <laughs> I love you. Um, yeah, they've been like a masterclass for me, so I've grown a lot. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nell. Congratulations on the series. And I look forward to the film. Nice to see you too. She is a delight. And if you, as you may have noticed, as you know, we're talking, uh, all of my papers fell, I guess, from the the stand they were on. And so she, being awesome, picks them up. I mean, so cool. Just love her. So Nell Tiger Free is so talented, and I can't wait to see her next move. All right, next up, the one and only Rupert Grint. Congratulations on season four. What what was it like for you? You know, you've been there since day one. What was it like for you to finish, you know, this incredible story? Yeah, it was really kind of moving, I think. Um, I mean, from, from a personal level, just being a part of the show for so long. And I think personally as well, I mean, I've been obviously... My history is Potter, which was a very long-term kind of job. Um, but in a, in a way, this felt a little bit more kind of significant in, in many ways because I became a dad halfway through. We had the COVID interrupted our shooting. So there's, it really feels like we've been on this incredible journey for the last five years. And um, yeah, for it to kind of suddenly all wrap up is, is, is always hard, I think. We're always going to miss, miss the people. But I think it's the perfect time to finish. And I think where the show has kind of gone now is it's really interesting. Yeah, no. Um, and it's kind of changed directions and you never really know where you are with it and it's I think the, I mean there's there's a lot of questions we have to answer in this season so um, it's um, it's I think it, it comes to a very satisfying conclusion for sure yeah I can't wait to I'm dying to see and now I have like a month you know what I mean to catch up you know uh, but uh, but one of the things that I love is is your character and how um, you know they are all all the characters are flawed right but but Yours is very. Uh, he is very open and uh, and sometimes blunt with you know what's happening. Is that refreshing for you to do something that's just kind of raw? Yeah, absolutely. I love. I love. Um, whenever when I first read um, Julian, he's he's just got such a very specific way of speaking. I love his kind of freeness with his words and. There's just nothing that he's not just not afraid of anything, particularly in the early seasons. He's this very strong character who's kind of kind of the perfect person to have in this situation because he's very cool-headed and he's always got an answer. But I mean, as we see, as it's kind of unpeeled throughout these seasons, there's a lot of guilt he's holding on to and a lot of things he's kind of dealing with. Um, so he's, 
he's a lot weaker than we really perceive originally and that's interesting to kind of it's been interesting to kind of uh, unpick that yeah yeah and and finally what's next for you what do you, do you have your next project lined up are you taking some time off or um, yeah I, have, uh, um, I did a movie with Nike that comes out next month Knock, um, yeah yeah um, but yeah I mean since then no I think just at home just being a dad is what I'm enjoying yeah, yeah. yeah. congratulations thank you that. thank you for speaking with me I really appreciate it Rupert Grint, love, 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 love him. This is my fourth interview with Rupert Grint, and all four have been about servant, one for each season. So that's exciting that, uh, you know, I, I think now we'll have to have Justin check, but I think now the cast of servant are my most frequent guests with four appearances each on the show. So that's really cool. R.I.T. So speaking of one of my favorite directors ever, let's get into talking to him live from the red carpet in New York for The Servant Season 4 premiere. Here's M. Night Shyamalan. Hey, Knight. How are you? Good to see you. So you are here for season four premiere. What is that like for you knowing, you know, this is this is the last premiere for this world? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a very rare thing to be able to do a, a TV show on your own terms for the entire time and finish it uh, because it was the right time to finish it. And the audience is still like at the peak of what, you know, their love for the show. That's that is rare, right? You're leaving when they're, you're at the peak of the audience's love for the show because the story has finished and so that's just a beautiful thing and um, the, the whole thing has been kind of poetic on so many so many levels both you know I got to work with my girls our girls got to be a part of it but all the filmmakers that I got to work with from around the world it just all feels like a dream that I wished it to be this way and it really you know so rarely in life does it exceed your expectations and this did for for you with uh, you know with this world that you've built would you make that choice going forward to know that there's going to be a beginning, middle, end? Because that is relatively rare today. Is that a choice you're going to be doing from now on? Or do you kind of sometimes like the excitement of maybe it goes wherever it goes? No, no. I, this is a big subject to me, what you're referencing. The idea of don't, don't let opportunity dictate your decisions that's that that can't that can't be the way I know that's contrary to the business but um, it, it should be the story and the creativity dictates your decisions and uh, as we laid it out it was four seasons you know did everyone want a fifth and a sixth and a seventh yes uh, but that's the way it felt and also what I could give at that level you know where I want to put in every sound effect I want to adjust every color I want to do every cue with the composer and so uh, to do that requires an incredible amount of dedication and, and, and this is as much as I could give without stopping making movies you know and um, so it, it, I, I let the process and the story dictate how long the show should be and so it, it was a beautiful thing and yes we do it again the same exact thing you know you know we let let you know story dictates it and we're out no matter how much money no matter how much opportunity don't that you you guys will smell that yeah 
And that is why I've told you this before. That is why I wanted, why it's one of my top three shows ever is because that authenticity that, you know, it's all about the story. Um, and just a side note, I got to tell you, I went to the sale and I got a couple of cool things. I'm like in love. So now I have like a piece of one of my favorite shows. So, yeah, as a big, you know, film buff and you are too, you know, you know what that means. So, so anyway, thank you. Congratulations on the success of Servant. And thank you for speaking with me again. Thank you. Love him. I seriously never get sick of talking to him. I could talk to him all the time. He's a genius. He really is. And uh, I, I just can't wait to see what he does next, which is, in his case, is called Knock at the Cabin, which is coming out in February. So, yeah, there is the footage, the footage, the audio, the audio interviews from my Servant Season 4, Live from the Red Carpet Experience. You can see the videos of the interviews up on the YouTube channel or our Facebook, wherever you want to find them. Or just go to podcast.popcultureweekly.com and you can see them right there. By the way, at popcultureweekly.com, you also get... There's always blog posts going up that I got for you and reviews and videos and interviews and all that good stuff. So keep visiting. Please keep sharing and reviewing. Reviewing helps on Apple Podcasts so, so much. I appreciate you doing that. It helps us grow. It helps us get greater, greater. It helps us get, uh, continue to give great interviews and content, which I hope that I do for you every single week. All right. That's our show for this week. Next week, we have a man called Jason Siegel and the cast of Shotgun Wedding, which I am excited about. So we'll have those out for next week. Let me know what you think of this episode. Hit me up on socials at KMAC Music on Twitter and Instagram. Real Kyle McMahon on Facebook and YouTube. I will see you next week. I love you. We out. Thank you for listening to Pop Culture Weekly. Hear all the latest at popcultureweekly.com. I'm gonna combine pentatonics and servant because I love them both. I wanna live in the house that the Turners live in. Even though it's a bit creepy, maybe you aren't really observant, but my favorite show, yes, it's Servant, streaming on Apple TV. Hello? Is this thing on? They all left. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.